0: Not me if you've heard this one before. The Kings get massively outplayed by the Colorado avalanche, and they lose. Surprise, surprise. You're listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's show is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. My name is Sarah Avampato for one of the last times in the regular season. Don't worry, we're not going anywhere. But the regular season is winding down and pretty soon we won't have to report things like Kings lose, which they did in back-to-back games on Friday and Saturday against the Colorado Avalanche. Both games were three to two losses and pretty similar thematically overall. We'll take a look at both of those games uh, in today's show but most importantly those two games spelled the end for the los angeles kings who have officially been eliminated from playoff contention the st louis blues clinched their playoff spot and uh we're done here we're done here everything is fine i guess on today's show we're going to take a look at those two games against the avalanche pretty quickly and then things are right back at it because the kings are in action tonight against the St. Louis Blues in a game that honestly doesn't really mean much for either team. The Blues can't really go up and jump into the number 3 seed or anything. So it's not even like the Blues can like jockey for position in terms of home ice advantage or anything. This is just a game that everyone has to play. Uh, now historically the Kings have done well against the Blues this season. So you know, maybe we'll get one last win at home to uh, to, to wrap things up with. But uh, we'll talk about that game later in the show today uh, because we've still got regular season games to play. A lot of teams are done already. We're already getting exit interviews, including uh, Buffalo is happening kind of right now as I'm actually recording this podcast. So there is a lot of Jack Eichel talk going around on the internet uh you know some of his comments are basically like you know whatever happens happens whether it's here or somewhere else and blah 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 so of course the should the kings acquire jack eichel talk is uh fast and furious at the moment but uh we're not there yet we still have uh, this game against the blues and then two more games against colorado because why not uh to wrap up the season this week and then we'll get to dive into exit interviews and all that great stuff. But let's go back, take a look at those two games against the Avalanche. Like I said, both of them very similar. Both of them saw the Avalanche get out to a quick lead. Both of them saw the Kings kind of sort of battle back. Both of them saw the Kings get massively outshot by the Avalanche. And neither of them were, you know, exactly stellar games. Cal Peterson started both of them, so he got back-to-back starts. Jonathan Quick still is not uh, ready to play, dealing with some upper body injury. Uh, Troy Grosnick was on the bench for the Kings for both of those games. But uh, I I would suspect that if Jonathan Quick is not quite ready to go yet, that we'll probably see Cal Peterson as well uh, in both of those final games against Colorado because – why not, really? He can, if if he is up for it, you know, that's that's fine, I guess. Friday's game against the Avalanche, uh, first off, again, this is a very familiar pattern uh, in these games. Kings outshot 37 to 17 in the very first game of this two-game series. In the first period alone, the Avalanche had 18 shots, so in one period, more shots than the Kings took total, This game was Quentin Byfield's last of the season um, before he gets assigned to Ontario and goes and plays out the season with them and uh, joins them for their playoffs and also to make sure he doesn't activate the first year of his contract, which would be pointless in a season where the Kings only have a handful of games left. Uh, So in his final game, he played a little over 14 minutes. So we're still waiting for that first Quentin Byfield goal, but uh, he has definitely been getting better with each and every game. After this game, Todd McClellan basically said like, look, he's an 18-year-old playing in the NHL and he already looks like, I just can't wait to see what he's doing next year and the year after. And, you know, 10 years from now, whenever he is celebrating milestones like uh, Andrzej Kopitar I think there is a lot of promise in Quentin Byfield. I mean, I know there is. There's no think about this. This isn't just a like, oh, maybe this kid will pan out. Like, no, he he looked fine in his first games as an NHL player. I think that this offseason is going to be really important for him. Now that he knows what the grind of a season is like, uh, especially a weird sort of compressed season for both the Kings and the Reign, uh, you know, I think that he's going to come back really wanting to claim his spot on this team uh, for next season. Like I talked about last week on the show, there is absolutely no point now in, uh, in making him go back to the OHL next season. like There's just no point. He has proven that he can play at this level. Um, in some respects, sometimes the AHL is harder than the NHL for, for some of these players. The speed isn't always quite the same as the NHL, but uh, the AHL is a lot more physical, the AHL is sometimes a lot more demanding. You're not always playing with the best caliber of players. And so sometimes, the you know, you're going to make a pass to a guy who has no idea what you're doing with it or what he's supposed to do with it. Uh, whereas in, in the NHL, if he's making a pass to, you know, Andrzej Kopitar on the power play or something, he's playing with guys who have the skill to, to be able to keep up with him. So this is the last we'll see of Quentin Byfield in the NHL this season, but definitely keep your eyes on the Ontario Reign who uh, have looked pretty good uh, going into the end of their season and whatever this round-robin playoff thing is for the uh, AHL. But in in back to the game on Friday against the Avalanche, like I said, 3-2 to two game. In this one, Brendan Lemieux actually opened scoring uh, for the Kings real early in the first period, and we're like, oh, wow, Cool. Maybe maybe something different's gonna happen here. Maybe maybe we're gonna get off and then oh no, never mind. A couple of minutes later, Miko Rantanen got his thirtieth of the year for the Avalanche, and the Avalanche just dominated the rest of the time. Two goals in the second from the Avalanche put them up three to one. Uh, Gabe Velarde got a goal in kind of garbage time-ish for the Kings. Uh, a little over three minutes left in the game, uh, he he scored, which did set things up nicely for. A nice sort of furious battle to the finish, but uh, the Kings could not cap it off uh, with a goal to to end this one or to get this one to overtime. Velarde's goal came yet again off of a great play from Leas Anderson, who took the first shot. Rebound came right back out to Velarde, uh, who managed to score on the play. Matt Roy didn't pick up a point on this one, uh, but he did a lot of hard work along the boards to, uh, to keep the puck away from the avalanche and to protect it and be able to eventually get it out where leas anderson could take it but just some some nice strong work from matt roy on that play as well um like i said earlier last week on the show i'm really liking the chemistry that uh anderson and velardi are developing i know that at various points in this season you know there's been frustration over how leas anderson has been been used and you know why even have traded for him if you're going to scratch him all the time or put him on the taxi squad or whatever but I think that right now he is showing that he should probably have a spot on this team next season and that he has taken the lessons he learned in his uh, stints in the AHL to heart. And, you know, I think that we're going to, we'll talk later uh, in in the summer about the expansion draft and who the Kings should protect and everything. But I think that he uh, has really earned his way into getting protected in this draft because he, I think, just needed some time to sort of, Flesh out his game and really find his way in this organization. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with sitting someone and rotating through your lineup and everything until until he figures it out. So now that he's been paired with Velarde, I really do hope that we continue to see them uh playing together because they are getting some great minutes in as the season ends and are a pairing that I know that Todd McClellan likes to kind of think of his lines as twos as pairings instead of as a three man unit. Uh, and I think that Velarde and Anderson should be one of those two-man units for for the next season. And I mean, heck, we still do have Martin Furk. I'm pretty sure he had a two-year deal. I know this year was just a little bit of a disaster because of his injury uh, and the fact that he's hardly gotten to play because of that. He played the whole nine minutes in the NHL before getting hurt again. But I don't know. Maybe we have a line of Martin Furk, Leah Anderson, and Gabe Velarde. like. That would be pretty rad, honestly, if uh, if you can get the three of them. That uh, competition is going to be tough for spots next season, but, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing that. But uh, so Gabe Velarde got on the board in in that game late in the period, late in the third period, with his 10th goal of the season. Again, it did kind of cap off a little bit of a, again, it did sort of open the door up for the Kings to try to battle back at the very end of that period. uh, The third period, the Kings did get their most shots on goal. They got seven, but no luck. Avalanche win. I will take a look at Saturday's game right after this on Locked On Los Angeles Kings. But first, I want to talk to you about Wealthfront because investing is hard. It doesn't really matter who you are. It doesn't matter how smart or cool or awesome or Knowledgeable, you think you are, investing is sometimes just a really rough thing to navigate. But Wealthfront changes all that. So, whether you're a beginner or you're someone who has been making investments for years, Wealthfront simplifies the whole thing. They have the right tools for every portfolio, and everything they do is customized and personalized just for you, and it is done within minutes. There's no manual trades, no picking stocks, no sitting down to watch the stock market daily. Everything is handled automatically based off of preferences that you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com lockedonnhl locked on NHL. It just takes $500 to get started. You can grow your wealth the easy way. Let Wealthfront do all the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. All right, Saturday's game against the Avalanche. Uh, same song, second verse, whatever, whatever. Uh, Avalanche win, 3-2. to two. Your final shots on goal, 30 for the Avalanche, 18 the Kings. So a little bit better in terms of shots from the game before. The third period, the Kings quote unquote dominated. The Avalanche only got four shots on goal to the Kings seven. But again, just just not a great showing. These games, and I think Todd McClellan even mentioned it um, in his post-game media availability, these games are the ones that show just how far the Kings have to go and just how many holes there are in their lineup. Uh, before they can really call themselves a cup contender, before they can really hang with teams like the Avalanche. Sure, every so often you can beat them, but to be consistently competitive, we are just not there yet. In this one, Avalanche got off to a pretty quick start. Under five minutes in, uh, Devon Taves scored, uh, scored his eighth of the season. Kael McCarr, yet again, scored against the Kings on a power play. So, I mean, also, like, the Kings sort of shot themselves in the foot on on several occasions by giving up power plays and by giving up momentum to the Avalanche, uh, who, once they get on the power play, it's sort of like they don't let back go, and they're just on the power play forever after that. Uh, Sean Walker did score for the Kings late in the first period. Second period, Devon again scored for the Avalanche, 3-1 to Colorado. Uh, third period, early on in the third, Rasmus Kapari finally gets his first NHL goal. He, of course, had been caught up to the taxi squad, uh, is now playing on the Kings, and we will see him the rest of the season, uh, filling in essentially for Quentin Byfield, who is now not playing. Great to see Kapari like get to finally score, to get to look a little more comfortable in the NHL. Even though this was just his first game back, um, he looked okay in his quick previous stint, but uh, looked a little better. This time played uh, just under 13 minutes, and again, uh, got the Kings on the board early in the third. And and this was a game, and I said this a little bit on Twitter, where, yeah, I expected the Kings to lose. I did not expect this game to go their way. It's the Avalanche. It's the Kings. Like, it just, it is what it is. It was really interesting to me, especially in this game more so than Friday's game, that I, I never got the feeling... Like at the end of the game, in the final couple of minutes of play, I I really did feel like if the Kings had tied it up, I would not have been shocked. While the Kings were, you know, massively outplayed, it didn't feel like they were out of it. It wasn't necessarily that they were making stupid mistakes or anything that the Avalanche were capitalizing on. It's just that the Avalanche are better and they're better at keeping the puck. They're better at maintaining possession, getting the puck back. Like it, it's not just like, oh, the Kings made a bunch of turnovers. And that's why the game happened the way it did. You felt the battle from this team in in the closing minutes of that third period of trying to get on the board. I think we can all think of Kings games at various points in the past three plus seasons where you just get the feeling that the team has given up. You just get that vibe. You get into one of these games where you're playing against a really good, really solid team and you're losing and you just sort of have the feeling of, you know what, we're done. This is over. And in this game, I I just felt like if you could have had one bounce, one last bounce, one little bit of luck, that they could have tied this one up. You know, the goalie who was in net for the Avalanche isn't exactly good. He's basically their third string guy who has been pressed into service. Uh, He was acquired from Buffalo earlier in the season. One Buffalo media member described him as like the worst goalie he'd ever seen. So we're not talking about like the second coming of Patrick Waugh here and this guy. This could have been a winnable game despite the lopsided uh, shots total. Uh, So despite the fact that this was a loss, I, I didn't come out of it feeling bad about the Kings. Factoring in on the on the on the two goals for the Kings. Um, Sean Walker, Rasmus Kapari had the goals, assists on the first goal to Gabe Velardi Alex Aiafalo. Assists on the second goal to Leis Anderson, Sean Walker. So the guys who are scoring are that next wave of of Kings players. Like, I mean, obviously we all love Anja Kopitar and want him to do everything all the time, but getting to see that it's the young guys who are stepping up and who are getting on the score sheet is really encouraging. Um, if we go back to the game the night before uh, goals from Lemieux and Velardi assists on those to Carl Grundstrom, Sean Walker, Leas Anderson again. Uh, so again, it is the young guys driving this play forward And it is the young guys who are factoring in, which is, like I said, just super encouraging to see, even though it's the end of the season, even though it's a little bit in the the realm of too little too late, to see those guys contributing, um, I think is really positive. Leah Sanderson, by the way, three points in his last five games, Uh, all three of them assists, all three of them, quite honestly, pretty good assists, if you ask me. He has been in the lineup pretty regularly since the end of April and is getting pretty consistently between like 12 and 15 minutes of ice time. Uh, And I think that as he continues to grow that chemistry with Gabe Velarde, that it's only going to be even more successful for him. So glad to see him making some smart plays showing that, you know, even if you're someone who thinks that he was drafted too high in his draft year, he is showing why he was so highly thought of as a, uh, as a talent, as a draft pick, because he's starting to show off that creative side, uh, that awareness on the ice that you get from elite players. So I've been happy with with him and what we've been seeing. Like I said, both of these games, losses, kind of scheduled losses, honestly, at this point, but uh, there was a lot to take forward in a positive manner uh, for, for this team, and a lot to look forward to in terms of the youth and what kind of role they're going to play on the team in the future. Right after this, we'll take a look at the game tonight against the St. Louis Blues, next on Locked on Los Angeles Kings. But first, Bilt Bar. If you have not yet heard the good word all about Bilt Bar, well, it is your lucky day. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It tastes like a candy bar, but maybe even better than that. It tastes like a candy bar that is healthy for you. It is high in protein, high in fiber, low sugar, low calorie, made of things where when you read the ingredient list, you know what is in there. And like I said, it's delicious. So if you are someone like me who just really wants a snack and doesn't want to have to think too hard about what it is exactly that you're eating, well, Built Bar is perhaps the best choice you could make, if you ask me. They come in nine delicious core flavors, including salted caramel, double chocolate, raspberry, and more. Plus, there are always limited edition flavors going on, so you will uh, always find something to your liking at BuiltBar.com. Head over to the website BuiltBar.com, check it out, see what flavors they've got, and use promo code LOCKED15, and you get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. If you listened to this show uh, earlier in the year, back in March, we did the uh, Built Bar Championship, where we crowned the winner of the best Built Bar ever. You couldn't find the championship on betonline.ag, but maybe next year, maybe next year they'll, they'll expand. BetOnline is, however, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. No matter what the sport is, if it's baseball, if it's horse racing, if it's hockey or MMA or whatever, you can find all the latest news, odds, and information all on betonline.ag. So head on over to the website on your laptop or your mobile device. Check out all of the sporting news, get information on sign-up bonuses, contests, and many other cool things. So this is your chance. Get in the game as teams prepare for their runs to the playoffs. Head over to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's betonline.ag, promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The Kings' last home game of the season is tonight against the St. Louis Blues in a game that, you know, a handful of weeks ago, we thought really could have actually had consequence for both of these teams. Um, you know, especially before the Kings sort of blew that patch of games against the Sharks and uh, underperformed against the Ducks recently, you know, the Kings were kind of right in it in terms of being close to, you know, within striking distance of that last playoff spot. So this game actually could have been really significant for both of these teams. Uh, Instead, it's basically meaningless and is a game that we just have to play to to finish it and get it off the schedule. Uh, For the Blues, now knowing that they have clinched their spot and knowing that, that nothing they do in winning or losing or whatever is going to have any difference in terms of, what things look like for them for the playoffs. I'm not expecting necessarily the Blues best game tonight. Um, they are missing a bunch of players. Uh, Vince Dunn is out. Tori Krug is out. Vladimir Tarasenko has been out uh, in addition to uh, guys who have already been confirmed to miss the rest of the season, uh, with including Oscar Sundquist and Carl Gunnarsson. Both of those guys are going to be out all year. So uh, the Blues are missing a lot of core players. I think Tori Krug, Being out is especially significant because he was, of course, their big offseason acquisition, uh, and he is now out for the next handful of games. Uh, The Blues have two games after this against the Wild. They've lost three in a row, again, dealing with injuries. uh, One to the Ducks, two to the Golden Knights. That Ducks loss came in a shootout. Uh, So things have been a little up and down lately for the Blues, but again, since since this is meaningless, I don't really know that we're going to get the Blues' best game tonight. They are led in points by, get this, Ryan O'Reilly, which makes sense, and David Perron, which I guess makes sense. Still is always hilarious to me. Both of those guys have 51 points in 53 games played. It almost makes me sad that uh, Jonathan Quick will most likely not be playing this game tonight because I know how much he and David Perron just despise each other. It's sort of Corey Perry levels of dislike, uh, I feel like. Uh, But uh, it's time to pass that torch, I guess, and let Cal Peterson develop his dislike for David Perron. But those two guys lead the Blues in scoring. Offseason acquisition, Mike Hoffman is third on the team and scoring with 33 points. So a big jump uh, between the, between him and the top two. Uh, Braden Shen also has 33 points. Tori Krug talking about, you know, why, why him being injured, even for this last handful of games is uh, kind of significant for the blues. He is the highest scoring defenseman on the team, 29 points in uh, 48 games played one goal, but uh, the rest are all assists, but he has been uh, really, really big for them in terms of generating offense from the blue line. Uh, but he he is out for the time being, at least. Like I said, the Kings and the Blues it has been an interesting matchup this season. In terms of, you know, the seven different teams in the division that the Blues play, uh, the bottom three teams, uh, the teams that the Blues have done the worst against this year. Colorado, they've won three games. Vegas, they've won two games and had two overtime losses. And the Kings, with two wins and one overtime loss, uh, from St. Louis for a .357 points percentage. I this is absolutely like, this is just one of those things where every, every year there's always a really good team or at least a, a, an adequate team that loses to just a garbage fire of a team. Uh, you know, last year there was uh, the Montreal Canadiens who just lost all of the time against the Detroit Red Wings. This just feels like one of those scenarios, and it's not even like. The Kings were always facing the Blues when the Blues were all totally injured or something like that. Just, just did not match up well. Blues outscored 23-15 to 15 in this series of games uh, between the Blues and the Kings. So it, it's been weird to like look forward to Blues games because I would feel like we actually had a chance to win them. But uh, it, it's been a fun series, and I, I'm personally hoping for the Kings win. Let's be real, last home game, you always want that game to be a fun success for everybody. And the next two games against the Avalanche, even if the Avalanche rest everybody, they're still gonna be tough games. So I'd like to go out with like a bang and not a fizzle and hope that the Kings uh, bring this one home. That game, of course, kicks off tonight, 7 p.m. Pacific. It is the free game on the NHL streaming service. So if you are not in market and you don't already have the streaming plan, uh, you can watch it on the NHL's uh, streaming plan. It's also on ESPN+. Plus. One last chance to see uh, your Los Angeles Kings at home. A couple of other notes uh, to, to mention. Uh, the Masterton Trophy Award nominees were all released today. Matt Roy is the nominee for the Kings. Uh, these are picked by the local chapter members of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. Uh, so Matt Roy, who... Uh, missed time with the concussion and missed time due to COVID uh, and has developed into a very steady blue liner for the Kings uh, to the point where when you look at their record without him in the lineup, it's uh, even worse than uh, than you would have expected, I think. So he is the nominee for the Kings. Uh, two other former Kings get the nod this year as well, uh, Milan Lucic in Calgary and Jack Campbell in Toronto. So I am all on team Jack Campbell I mean it's going to be hard uh there are a, a lot of worthy uh worthy nominees including a whole bunch of guys who are retiring this year people who have fought back through significant health issues but uh I'm I'm all on board for Jack Campbell uh winning that award I believe he was also nominated by the Kings when he was here uh as well he was the nominee for one season uh, just because of the the long road it has taken him to get to where he is. And now he is basically the Leafs starter uh, going into the playoffs, which is never want anything nice for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I sure do want nice things for Jack Campbell. And in case somehow you missed it, Jeff Carter scored four goals the other, the other night for the Penguins. Yes, they were against the Buffalo Sabres, but I mean... Oh, come on. (laughs) We'll talk more about Jeff Carter and uh, how he is doing away from the Kings and why it has happened like that. Uh, We'll talk more about him later in the week or next week on the show. Uh, Like I said, last week on the show, we're going to be doing player evaluations uh, coming up after the season officially comes to a close. And later this week, keep an eye out for the first annual Locked On Los Angeles Kings Awards ballot. Uh, I am putting together I am putting together some awards categories for all of you to vote on, uh, and I can't wait to reveal it to you, the public, to get your votes. Uh, so we're going to have a very own awards ceremony here on this show. So I, I am excited to be able to debut that after the season has concluded, or the regular season uh, this week. So Keep your eyes out for that. It'll go up on Twitter and I'll talk about it on the show once it becomes a reality. And we will go from there and handing out some Locked On Los Angeles Kings awards. That is it for today's show. Now that we're done here, make sure you go and check out Locked On Today, where you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. You can get Locked On Today in the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. So go follow them. Follow this show on your favorite podcast app of choice. I'm on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. The show is on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. Say hi, make sure you're subscribed or followed or whatever over there. Uh, come back tomorrow. Uh, to hear about whatever happens in this Blues game and all this week here on Locked On Los Angeles Kings. I've got some cool stuff coming up for you at the end of this week and uh, next week. So uh, stick around, even though the Kings season is basically over, uh, we are not going anywhere. So that is it for today. Until next time, this has been Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.